we communicated. Now, what do I do with that information? What's the next step? Doing the shift, for example, stuff along those lines where we're going with it. Because we don't want to be a tool. We want to be the core communication platform in the facility where everything goes through, where we link these disparate systems, like your payroll system, your EHR, and so on. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the podcast that you go to to listen and to understand, but to understand the nuances of the nursing home industry. In this episode, we have with us Ryan Gallia. Ryan is the CEO of VoiceFriend, a company that I've used personally as a nursing home administrator. And I'm very curious to hear where that company is today. But even before that, we're going to talk about some of the some of the issues and some of the problems as they affect you know the nursing home space. For we, first of all, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for making some time for us. So before we get started, you know, I know that our listeners know who I am a little bit. They don't know you yet. Can you give us the short version of how you got to doing what you're doing today? Absolutely. You know, as you mentioned, VoiceFriend has been around for a period of time. My background was in uh, investing mainly in the private equity space. I would, my start in healthcare, we would acquire businesses and help grow them over time. A couple of years ago, you know, there was a bit, you know, an incident in the family that led me to kind of reevaluate my priorities and lead me to make the decision to go out and launch my own investment vehicle or business. And instead of building from scratch, given my experience working with businesses that already had a, a footprint, I decided to go out and actually buy a, a small business from a owner who was looking to retire. I focused on the post-acute space specifically, and we can get into why you know later, and acquired Voice Friend back in August of last year. Oh, well, so relatively new, very new to the, to the company. So, okay, fascinating. So you went in, decided you needed to buy a business. Okay, let's continue down this path just for a minute because you can buy any business in the world. This is not a business. Was there a personal connection between you and this business or was this a business that you decided is the right business or both? A bit of both. So I wanted to buy something in the post-acute space. Okay. I, I knew that. I wanted to buy a software company. Uh, you know, okay. The motivation for doing this in the first place was that I had a grandparent who was really sick and she was quite young actually. And you know, she had uh, a poor treatment experience in, or, you know, in rehab post getting surgery done. And so, you know, she ultimately passed and that made me realize you should really spend your time doing what you want to do. But it also made me realize that there's a lot of issues in the post-acute space that need to be addressed. And so I actually searched for over a year to find a software company in the space and got close with a few, but ultimately landed on VoiceFriend 
where I felt there was just a lot of potential and optionality. I thought it had a good foundation. It was, but it, you know, it was more of a canvas that I could paint rather than buying a more established business like an electronic health record where there's not many places you could take that. And as opposed to trying to start something from scratch, unproven concept and spending years beta testing something which may or may not get anywhere, spending other people's money to, to see if your ideas make any sense. So you're taking something in the middle, which I kind of like. Exactly. Um, My background was in buying businesses, so it kind of fit what I've been doing at a professional level prior to this. <clears throat> okay, so you, so you have the skills and experience to analyze a business and to see, I mean, this is what you've done with other people's money. So now for a chance, you can do it yourself and you can get the reward that you were bringing <clears throat> to your clients. Okay. So interesting. So post-acute care spaces is, is on purpose. Software, I guess you wanted a software company. I mean, you could have, you could have bought a nursing home if you wanted to, you could have, could have done anything, but I guess you like software. Yeah. That, I've been programming since I was, eight years old and I've always been a big software guy, did a minor in machine learning. And so wanted to marry my interests and this seemed like the perfect combination. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. So let's talk about some of the challenges that can exist for someone before they, before they bring in any solution, whether it's yours or a different one. What is the problem primarily that, that this is addressing? You know, it's primarily a communication problem, and that problem exists between facility and various stakeholders, those being staff, family, residents, and referral sources. Family members want to stay informed about their loved ones. They need to be updated quickly in case of an emergency. You know, residents have varying needs depending on their, if in certain situations, an individual might have Alzheimer's and require frequent reminders of you know, its mealtime. So in that sense, and then on the staffing side, I mean, I think we all know there's a big shortage. And so finding ways to automate communication processes that they're doing every day leads to more efficiency, getting more out of fewer people, which is really, I think, the only way at this point that we're going to solve that issue. Okay, so from a problem standpoint, challenges that, that exist in the nursing home that they are specifically targeting is a, so communication with the staff that I understand. And for anyone who's tried to schedule, even pre COVID when people actually wanted to work and you didn't have to beg them to show up and pay them more money than you're making just so that they can take care of the residents. So we understand that, that could, there's, a, there's a ton of texting, calling, reminding all of those types of things, which can take up quite a bit of time. And even whatever the method is, it doesn't matter if you put a message in a bottle and you send it out. But, you know, that's definitely a big piece. What about, you mentioned communication with the residents. So, I mean, usually this is all, it's in business, right? You can't provide care for uh, the elderly remotely for the most part. So what, what does that mean? Many of them are not tech savvy. And what, what are you alluding to there? Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, having a solution where you meet the recipient at their technology level is super important. So we can send messages to phone, text, email, Amazon Alexa. So it doesn't necessarily matter if they're not tech savvy, they know how to answer the phone. And so they can get that communication directly to their phone. So, you know, 
if you want to use it for wellness and safety check-ins, say there's an incident and you want to know quickly where is everybody in my facility, you can you know have a, a call place to the rooms for everybody and have them answer and click one to indicate that they're safe and there's no issue. There is an issue, you know, let the system alert the correct person to go in and check on that person physically. In in real time, okay. I, I'm just trying to 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 understand that a bit, but. You're saying they're going straight. Well, many of them don't have phones in, in every room, right? Like sometimes the long-term residents won't have phones unless they have their own cell phones. Short-term might have some. Some have for everybody, but at least for where they have, then then you could use it that way. But as far as the challenge is concerned, so what? What? Let's say there's an incident. Let's say there's a fire, God forbid, or something, some major incident going on in the building. You need to know quickly where everybody is. So every nursing home has a you know, a red book or something on all the nurses station that's going to say, this is what we do in the case of emergency. Obviously, if there's an emergency, nobody opens it up. Everybody panics unless they're really well trained. But it, it can be used as a, as a reference. And one of the things, obviously, is taking account. Let's say a fire drill. That's a good example, right? So it's yeah. done frequently. And everybody knows where to go. You know, the doors are going to close. They know where to meet. And there's a count that happens manually with the paper. And in, it, it, it can happen quite quickly. Now, is it 100% accurate? I don't know. But that definitely is a challenge. What happens if you miss somebody? You get, and there's a also real... the family element uh, to it, right? They need to be notified. And so, you know, I spoke to uh, nursing home administrators who would track in Excel who the correct contact is for this type of in the family. And then they would go through and manually make those phone calls to everybody. And then rather than doing that, you have the message pre-built. So when that emergency comes, you just click a button and it goes to the preferred communication channel for each family member and resident. <clears throat> now, what about as far as as far as improving, I'm just looking here at some of the, as far as improving the quality of the care. So I obviously understand that as far as letting people know if something happened or being in touch with the quality ratings. So is there a way that this type of communication can improve the quality ratings, which is obviously very important to every nursing home operator? Yeah, and I'll give it an you know, interesting and exciting example of something that just came out recently, um, and that's managing patient discharge from the skilled nursing facility. You know, there's several issues that factor into there. One is your readmission rate from post-discharge to a hospital will factor into your quality rating. There's also a penalty if your rate is too high, what's well, factored into a formula that gets to that. And then there's bonuses on your reimbursements if you are you know, in the top um, you know, quartile. I don't know what the, the exact area is. Mm -hmm. And so we manage the cadence of follow-up. So a person's discharged to the home, it's now on the facility to keep track of all these individuals, follow up, make sure they're okay to prevent them from being readmitted. We have a, a cadence that you can set yourself over 30, the first 30 days where the individual will get you know, an automated phone call, for example, on the first day, or the family member might get an automated phone call, and there will be a survey asking, how's the how, how, how's your appetite today? How are you feeling? And you can respond to that electronically. It'll record those responses and then flag them if there's anything concerning to have a nurse reach out. Along that 30-day cadence, there'll also be steps in there where it'll create a task for a nurse or social worker to actually reach out 
manually. And so over the course of that 30 days, you know, it's small things that ultimately get people readmitted. You know, they don't have access to food. You can get them meals on wheels or something along those lines. You know, they might feel a pain that they think is unrelated to why they were in the facility in the first place, but it could be an early sign of something and you can catch it with you know, a program like this and keep them out. Another thing too is obviously if you do catch it, they can be readmitted to your SNF, your skilled nursing facility within that 30 day window. And it counts as the same qualifying stay. They don't need to go to the hospital again. And so it's a good way to also you know, make, keep those, the bed filled if you need it to be filled, the person needs to be taken care of. They don't have to go through the whole system again and, and out of cost. And so overall, in doing that, it improves not only the facility's rating and the referrals that they're going to get from you know, hospital systems, but it also significantly improves the quality of care that person's getting by just reducing those small chances of um, you know, incidents going under the radar and then readmitted. Right. So I know that, like you mentioned, the spreadsheets, I know that many people have sat and made these calls manually and you know, the post-discharge follow-ups. <clears throat> and many times it's also done by a highly compensated employee, which means that besides the fact that it's done uh, manually, and obviously that means that when there's other things going on in the building, this is something that's going to be neglected. It's, it's expensive to be done. And even if the calls are happening and they're being shared or, or they're being documented in some sort of shared spreadsheet, is the social worker being notified when they hear that there are no, there's no food in the house because they were supposed to go home with a daughter and the daughter said that she had enough and ran away to who knows where. And now the elderly seniors nearby, like you said, it's very simple things that can end up back in the hospital. And besides for the financial implications and the, for the facility, just going to the hospital and exposing themselves to everything else that's there I mean, yeah. COVID is an obvious example, but even without that, a hospital is a place where sick people, very sick people go. The sickest people go there. And we're taking the, take someone who's from the most vulnerable, put them in a place where the most sick people are. It's, it's, ne- it's never the best idea. If you can yeah. avoid it, obviously, the best thing would be uh, to get them back in. And ultimately, what's going to happen is they're going to, if they, if they need to go back, they may end up staying, you know, for an extended period of time just so that they could qualify because... The hospital doesn't want to be stuck with them either. So they yeah. could just be sitting there languishing away while they could have gone right back to the bed that was might still be waiting for them and continue with the care, you know, right away. So, but that's a process that also, you're basically throwing technology at some of the antiquated process, what goes on in a typical nursing home. And this is like a good nursing home because this is high tech. We're using a spreadsheet. It's not a notepad, right? It's not a stone tablet. That we're chiseling out this information <laughs> and then using smoke signals to get it across the facility. This is, this is you know, we're using a spreadsheet and we even know how to share a spreadsheet. Yeah, but, but there's, there's still big pieces that are missing and a big pieces of the automation that are missing. And most importantly, I love a statement from Steve Jobs. I mean, I'll post a link to this in the show notes where someone challenged him in one of his, and I don't know what he, which product it was that he was introducing, and they were asking him, like, what do you specifically know about Java something, some nerdy technicality? Yeah. And tell, me, tell us specifically about the work that you've done for this product. And obviously, you know, a techie in the, in the audience asked this question. So I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, although I think I remember it word for word because I love it. You know, you can, you can please some of the people some of the time, and then he let it go. And it's, but his point was that what he said is that this person, the problem with what this guy said is that he's right. 
I don't know everything that goes on in here. But in his rebuttal, he said something is genius. And I think, unfortunately, some technology companies don't get. And he said, we don't start with our engineers and figure out what's the best technology that we can create and then go back to our customers and to them. I said, we start the other way around. We said, what is the best result we can create for our customers? What is the absolutely best thing, the best experience we can give them? Then we go back to our engineers and make that happen. Imagine having, I think it was the iPod was a thousand songs in your pocket or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now that sounds so stupid. <laughs> you know, I could have in a, in a micro SD card, I could have a billion movies, right? But in, that was like a thing. Like, imagine such a thing. That was like earth shattering. That was how, how could, how many tapes could, records could you fit in your pocket? Or, you know, even CDs yeah. take up a lot of space. So it's like, all right, geeks, nerds, figure this out. I don't know how, figure it out. You know, we want we want a tiny computer that's going to be able to fold up and still be just as strong and powerful, you know, as a big you know tower computer. You know, make that happen. So, I've you know I've just seen. I'm sure you've seen this. You know, this everyone throws software at nursing homes. Maybe they, th they throw software at other industries too. But I feel like for some reason, nursing homes are targeted. They're so big and it's such a big market, and they're so behind in technology that everyone throws software at at nursing homes. And perhaps you've looked at other products, other businesses to buy before you, you chose this one, but few, uh, and, and many of them solve interesting, interesting problems. But, you know, what's most important, you know, is to make sure that we're starting with the result and then, and then figuring out how to use the technology for it. So like the result, we want to make sure this patient, I'm sorry for going off on a rant here a little, uh, no. <laughs> want to make sure that this patient ends up, if they're home, they need to get back to the hospital, they need to get back to the nursing home with, we want to make sure that, A, we find out about it, that it happens right away, that we know about it, they know about it, the family members know about it. And we want us to stay focused on that. And ultimately, that will make the product, you know, the most successful one is done that way. It's a great clip. Yeah, I, I know the exact one you're referencing. I, I couldn't oh, you remember know. it either, though. I was going to jump in, but I couldn't remember it. So I'm just not going to do it justice. But, I mean, that's exactly it. The customers basically designed this product themselves. We worked with several facilities and... We just kind of watched them and talked to them and asked them what would make your lives easier and then built it and trialed it with them and through a lot of iterations. But as you said, non-engineering led, we had simple tools that we let them, we knew, we explained them to them and let them kind of decide and design how they could be used to, to automate and uh, speed up and become more efficient. Yeah. I mean, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you also have what they say about Henry Ford, that if they would have asked him what to create, they would have asked for a faster horse. So like That's sometimes true. You, you got to think with a grain of salt. You got to, you know, right. yeah, you got to, it's more about figuring out the exact problems that they want fixed and making sure you understand those correctly and then working <clears> on how the engineers work on the solution. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, that, that would fit actually for the case of the faster horse because at the end of the day, they wanted speed, they wanted efficiency, reliability, not have to deal with some of the challenges of having an animal and whatever else was involved there. I don't recall. It's been, it's been a little bit before my days. That stuff happened. But you know, nursing homes are not too far behind in, in many of these areas. So, I mean, you know, that really is amazing. Maybe tell us a little bit more about, or maybe what is the, what is the one feature that you are most excited about that already exists within VoiceFriend? Or maybe that's in development, something that you think is really 
exciting, new, innovative that you would like to share with us today? I, we do have some exciting ones in the pipeline, but I don't want to, I don't think we're at the point where I could share them. I think a lot of people on the team would get pretty, pretty bad with me if I front ran them. For the existing platform, when I looked at buying it, the reason was that the core is phenomenal. It's really easy to use and the grouping logic in the back end, which people don't really recognize how important that is, but the ability to make as many communication groups as possible and have those ready to go and ability to hit a button and have a message go to a you thousand know, people and have it go to the exact type of communication that they prefer, you know, phone, text, email, whatever it is in the span of 30 seconds. It, it's, it's really phenomenal. That core technology is, I don't want to say anything about what, what, what we're working on next, but that, you know, the same, we're going to build on that same idea, but more of the kind of automating workflows without, without getting into too much, using that to automate. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to make you spill the beans and want anyone to get into trouble here. But the concept is to be able to instantly and almost effortlessly communicate to exactly the right people and exactly the way that they prefer to be communicated with. I assume you can respond to their responses. It probably depends yeah. on the on the method of, of communication. I, I've seen a very old version of it, so I don't know what it looks like yeah. today. I, I it's so they. We're on 2.0, but we're going to 3.0 right now. I, I've seen the version that you saw, and it is definitely quite dated. But yes, no worries, you, not mine. <laughs> you, you reply. You can even reply with images too. Although we don't condone this, we did have one customer try to use us to collect COVID vaccine cards. So they sent out saying, "Hey, can we text in your COVID vaccine cards?" And they texted pictures of them. Not supposed to do that, <laughs> but they, you know, they, they. they they did use it for that use case. That's one example. Why, why are you not supposed to do that? Because it, it's not, not secure? Yeah, it's not HIPAA compliant. Over You can't over the SMS. You could if it was over our data because our platform is HIPAA compliant. But as soon as it goes onto the network, it's it's out of out of that kind of bubble of compliance. Got it. Got it. But they, they did what they needed to do. Yeah, there was it. a software, I will tell you, from my nursing scheduling days, it, it was considered new then. It does go back a number of years where you were able to text people about, you know, are you able to pick up a shift? And yep. you can see their response, but you can't respond to their response. You would have to actually pull out your phone or to call them or text them once you see that they responded. So it was good if you had open shift and you had an exact group of, you know, CNAs that pick up on Mondays, you know, per diem or whatever. So you could quickly send them. Actually, it probably wasn't. You probably had to manually pick each person, but... Point is that it, w- it was something that was sold and appreciated, even though it was so primitive that you couldn't respond to their responses. You couldn't pick up the conversation. I would hope that it's different now. Exactly. And that's exactly when I talk about workflow automation. It's, okay, we communicated. Now, what do I do with that information? What's the next step? <clears throat> Taking that, filling the shift, for example. Stuff along those lines where we're going with it. Because we don't want to be a tool. We want to be the core communication platform in the facility where everything goes through, where we link these disparate systems, like your payroll system, your EHR, and so on. Very interesting. That kind of just brought it together for me. You don't want to be a tool. You want to be a, a system. I'll, t- I'll tell you a hesitation that, that someone can have, or maybe I used to have, when constantly being pitched new softwares for nursing homes, and everybody wants to be point-click care or you know some sort of like 
core system. So, because obviously, if you're in, then you're you're in a good place. <clears throat> and a lot of them take too; they solve too small of a portion of the problem to make them a core essential tool. And many times, they, it may not they may not be friendly to the other tools that we're already using. And they end up either becoming a nuisance or just getting rid of them completely. Uh, to create, you're not really replacing another tool. So you're, kind of, you're trying to create something. You want to say that there's a lot of messy communication that currently exists within the nursing home, whether it's staff to staff, staff to residents, you know, facility to people outside the facility, facility to other facilities. And it's happening in quite a haphazard fashion and multiple methods of communication. So basically you you want to create the communication hub where that's great communication. Interesting. As opposed to the way it's been pitched in the past. And the, and the reason why we've used it in the past was it was help the scheduler send out a lot of texts at the same time. So instead yeah. of picking up your phone and doing one at a time and copying and pasting, so in the time it would take you to send out <clears throat> 30 texts, to send out one text, you sent out 30. Yeah. And whatever limitations you know it had after that, instead of manually sending, or just the amount of time it took you to find the contacts, they're already there in the groups, like you said. You know, like that was from the core functionality. It was used mostly as a tool. And it was a tool for, you know, if a resident falls, you know, it, you know we once got a tag for that, that, you know, somebody fell or some sort of incident happened. The person was supposed to be notified. They were, they were not notified at all, or maybe they were notified after the time frame. And sometimes you don't want to notify them right away, right? So you're, you're hoping that maybe it really wasn't a fall or whatever. But if you automate the process, it kind of takes out the human error or misjudgment factor as long as the process is, is set up properly. That, that's exactly right. And, you know, those use cases will always be part of the product. You know, we don't want to obviously take away from where, the way people use it now, but I think going that extra step of now taking the communication and doing something with it is, is kind of where, we're, where we want to head. Okay. So I mean, a few things. No, number one is that we're not just a tool. We're a hub. And number two is we're actually going to be part of doing the work and not just document. We're not just talking about doing the work, I guess some sort of a project management software or a sauna of sorts or something like that. Maybe yeah, getting, getting, getting all the, because, you know, as you said, there's communication coming from every which I'm way. Squeeze this thing out of you if it takes me an hour. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything because it does, you know, it takes time to develop everything as we go. Of course. Um, but, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, well, idea. let me answer another question. Uh, as far as uh, facility physician communication, I know that I remember way back when Point Care actually had like a separate app for nurses communicating with physicians. And I am not up to date. I don't know if right now if there's a way of doing it within within point click care, but a lot it's it's definitely a problem because a lot of it happens over text, whether it's supposed to happen or not. You know, doctors don't want to be called. Nobody likes to be called anymore if you could text, right? Yeah. Who likes to talk to people? Is there is there anything? And if there isn't, something to think it's about. An interesting, yeah. There um, there isn't anything in the works for that. I'll say that. But this is interesting. I mean, we were thinking about getting involved with transitions of care, so the handoff part process, but this is, you know, this is actually an interesting application as well. You know, the idea is to build the core platform and then identify these other use cases that we haven't even thought of and build what is needed for the facility to have that communication. 
I'm just saying that if you're sticking to this concept, I, I love the concept of the communication hub, you know, for the facility that when you want to communicate with anyone where, well, you know, it's always through this one central place, even, even within, you know, as an administrator, you have a WhatsApp group with it, with the marketing team, you have another WhatsApp group with this, you have a text group for the people who don't have WhatsApp. You have a Facebook group with these people. A lot of times you don't even know how to communicate with people because yeah, a lot of it's, you have to remember, this person has WhatsApp, this person doesn't, this person is in the email. And that's just within like the management team sometimes. And also you have to remember that there's other levels of communication. There's regionals, there's, you know, the owners, there's people who have access to only certain facilities. So if you're sticking to the vision of the communication hub, I would say that, you know, physician to facility communication could be critical. Transitions of care maybe doesn't fit into that. I'm just giving my two cents here. There's a lot of companies that do that already. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do it. I guess, yeah, it's communication facility to facilities. I guess that could fit there too. You're saying if you want to communicate, for example, the admissions process, right? So every time they get a referral, that, 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 that's a big antiquated process. That's a bit more complex than just emailing and texting because you have all the documentation that's going back and forth. There's a lot of competition in that space. I'm just thinking, I know of a yeah. whole bunch of new companies I'm thinking of right now that work there and some of them are, only, some of them only do that. And then you also get into issues with integrating with the HR platforms and things like that. That's where we're really strong. Our integrations are phenomenal. We have a, a two-way with point-click care. So like for the patient discharge, those survey results will be pushed into the person's chart. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's our big okay. thing. We've been really big on the integrations because we want to be that layer on top of all the platforms to centralize that communication. So these deep integrations are okay. Very interesting. Okay. I'm excited to see where the where this is gonna go. It's it's for me it's personally interesting because like I said, I've used them as a antiquated tool, but a tool that worked nonetheless. Maybe then it was, you know, somewhat advanced. And then um, I'm ha- I'm actually excited to see that you're in here and taking it, you know, really to the to the next level. And it sounds like you're ready up to, you know, three point is 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 on the horizon. Before we let you go, I didn't realize how long this is going. Just having a good time here. Before yeah. we let you go, anything in particular that you would want to leave off with our listeners in regards to uh, voice friend? Any final words about that? And then we'll let them know where to learn more about you and the company. Absolutely, I think. The one thing I'll say, and getting back to the message when you're talking about Steve Jobs and all that, is that we're building the product for the nursing homes. We're not building it for ourselves. And so we can create a solution. You just need to tell us the problems around communication. And so anyone who has anything that they think is great, come to us and we'll we'll automate it. That's our goal is to make your lives easier and solve a lot of this staffing shortage. Okay. Amazing. Amazing, very interesting, very fascinating. You're touching on staffing, and I can't not respond to that as, you know, being that I work for and manage quality recruit a recruitment company for nursing homes, I have to jump in there. How specifically does this help for staffing? And- so right now, in the current form, you know, mm-hmm. the main points is just communication with potential applicants using the module so you could schedule messages to send to them send them you know, updates on the application process, how that's proceeding. Staff, the main use cases are for compliance, keeping track of when their certifications are coming up and notifying them automatically. You know, the staff open shift call out, 
meeting scheduling, you know, general updates and alerts. Uh, that, that part I get, but uh, people who don't yet work for the facility, yet, like, are you in integrating with like job boards and becoming an ATS as well? Or is it just <laughs> once you already have them, it's you just focusing on the communication piece? Yeah, you know, we don't want to become an, like, you know, applicant tracking system. That's not our goal. You know, people do use us kind of like that already in a sense, mm -hmm. but, you know, we're much more interested once you get the person there. I mean, it's a problem to tackle. I'm not saying it may be down the road, but right now that's not necessarily on our horizon, although the use the product has been used for that use case. Right, we just want the vision to be clear because, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, because a lot of things can be called communication, but that might not be primarily what it is. Okay. Very interesting. Very fast. I'm very curious to see if, if someone wants to go, let's say I want to go to the website and I want to see what it looks like. Is there any video there or anything? Yeah. There's, um, we're doing a redesign right now. So I'm just trying to think where things are. There are, there should be videos on there. If not, we have a Vimeo page and they can all be accessed there. We also do live demos. So, you can book that directly through the website uh, pretty easily. And we're always happy if you're just even curious to see what it looks like to show you it. Amazing. Amazing. No, I do see it now. And it is definitely a completely different website since last time I looked at it. Amazing. Listen, uh, Ryan, it's been great having you on the Nursing Home Podcast. It's fascinating to see, to kind of check in again, see what voice friend is up to. I'm glad to see that, you, you know, some of the things that you're doing. Um, so if, if you want to learn more, they go to voice friends looking at the website right now. Is it voicefriend.net? Voicefriend.net, not.com.net, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that a different time. Voicefriend.net is where you'll go to learn more information. Ryan, you've been a, a fabulous guest. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you today. Um, and for those who are watching on Facebook, if you're watching on LinkedIn, thank you for joining and head on over to voicefriend.net to learn more about this, to, to listen to this podcast or any of the past and future podcasts. You can head on over to thenursinghomepodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thank you, Ryan. It's really been thank a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.